A long time ago, in a mysterious podcast far, far away, there were some very nice people who did some talking about the end of the world for an audience the size of which was statistically negligible. (laughs) (laughs) And it went a little something like this. I have a dream. I had the best words. World, World War Three. Under the doctrine of multiculturalism. Go back where you came from. Not with a bang. The arc of the moral universe is long. The Ben stores nuclear holocaust. Retreat from the world. Alternative facts. Alternative facts. Retreat from the world. Those who forget history are going to pee. Alternative facts. That is no such thing. Not with a bang. I am become death. It's not with a bang, your audio guide to the end of the world. I'm Lance Turnbull, and as always, I am joined by, I want to say, Pete McLemore. Fuck you! (laughs) As always. Know my name! Pat McCaffrey. Yeah. <laughs> also joining us on this one is Dr. Comedian and Doctor of Comedy, Dr. Pam Rana. Oh, hi, thanks for having me. So I'll start with some scattershot US stories. First up, hundreds of staff at the failing New York Times staged a walkout and rally last week in protest of cutbacks to the copy editing department. And I actually stand with the New York Times management's decision. In today's fast-paced 25-hour news media environment, leading outlets like the old York Times must prioritise their efficiency and rely increasingly on their more different frontline reporters to assure the standard of quality expected by the Times' discerning raiders. (laughs) So when you said I was Peter, was that your lead-in joke to that bit? (laughs) (laughs) No, but yes. (laughs) Next up, neoliberalism is dead in the United States, or it's going great and Reagan would be proud. Depends what day of the week it is, really. You see, despite recent scare quotes healthcare reforms that give massive tax breaks to rich people, just unveiled by President How Is This Happening, he's also announced a 20% tariff on steel imports, effectively declaring a trade war that China has effectively already won. The best part of this, and by best I mean worst, is that the steelworking jobs this is going to cost are largely in Pennsylvania, Michigan, Ohio, and Florida all key states in securing the 2016 election victory for presidents still expecting to wake up in a cold sweat. But how do we know that these states will be hit by job losses? Asked nobody, because I'm talking about trade tariffs on a particular metal in another country. (laughs) We know because this already happened 15 years ago. Around 200,000 workers in those same states were put out of a job in 2002 to 2003 when George W. Bush did exactly the same thing, proving that history is cyclical but not so much like a wheel anymore as it is like Sonic the Hedgehog's little red shoes when he goes around a loop-de-loop and his feet turn to a red figure eight and a clever little bit of animation that indicates that he is, in fact, moving quite quickly indeed. (laughs) (laughs) Well, that might be the dumbest take I've heard yet on US politics. Not with a bang. Well, in other US politics news, uh, the president and living embodiment of the final stages of racist granddaddy capitalism, Donald Trump, is once again spending his time as president doing exactly what the founding fathers intended the president to do, tweeting at minor media celebrities on a cable news breakfast show very few people watch. It started on June 29th when the president tweeted, 
I heard poorly rated at Morning Joe speaks badly of me. Brackets, don't watch anymore. End brackets. <laughs> then how come low IQ crazy Mika, along with Psycho Joe, came to Mar-a-Lago three nights in a row around New Year's Eve and insisted on joining me? She was bleeding badly from a facelift. I said no. <laughs> yeah. Because what kind of idiot wants to offer someone shelter when they're badly bleeding <laughs> from the face? She's clearly trying to take advantage of him and he's not an idiot. And, hey, and while we're at it, no one who's had flu shots. Because I hear those things give you the flu. And autism. Flautism. <laughs> oh, actually, no flautists either. <laughs> also, no one with band-aids because they'll get gross in the swimming pool. Ugh. <laughs> then, June 30, another day, another pissive. Here we go. Watched low-rated at Morning Joe for first time in long time. Fake news. He called me to stop a National Enquirer article. I said no. Bad show. <laughs> Again, so many reviews. Now, at this point, you'd think you'd stop, right? After all, you've made your point. But you see, we're all thinking like rational adults rather than a Sesame Street puppet come to life. Uh, yeah, <laughs> July 1... It's Sesame Street. <laughs> <laughs> July 1... Crazy Joe Scarborough and Dumb as a Rock Micah are not bad people, but their low-rated show is dominated by their NBC bosses. Too bad. Then, just several hours after that tweet, he was tweeting about Kate's Law, a law which means any undocumented immigrant previously convicted of a crime who attempts to re-enter the country could face between 10 and 25 years in prison. Now, whether you agree or disagree with that, at least he was back to legislating. The actual job of the president. We can all relax. <laughs> then... Later that same fucking day, my use of social media is not presidential. Sorry, that went on. My use of social media is not presidential. It's modern day presidential. Make America great again. It's like, I'm not punk. I'm post-punk. <laughs> yes, yeah, so ABC Radio National had a story on the president's tweeting this week called, What is Donald Trump trying to distract us from? Firstly, so much for the tolerant left, but secondly, he's not trying to do anything other than babble incoherently like a four-year-old. Although, to his credit, he does have the reading ability of a five-year-old. <laughs> <laughs> Don't get me wrong, he is distracting everybody from the horrible things the Republicans are doing to the country, but Donald Trump is not doing this intentionally. He does not have a master plan, he is not playing freestyle chess with the media, he is just a giant racist baby throwing a perpetual tantrum, and we shouldn't be paying him any attention. Although I'm still going to do it because it's really funny. How do you play freestyle chess? <laughs> do rooks just move diagonally? <laughs> you just put a bishop right next to the king? Checkmate, fucker. <laughs> We're done. Introduce a 12-sided die. <laughs> I'm getting rogue on this chess. Well, and see, when I was talking before about the address to veterans, see, Trump appeared on a stage decorated with a massive American flag. Choirs performed the Battle Hymn of the Republic and other hymns, and debuted a song with the lyrics, Make America Great Again. Oh, let's not do that. <laughs> let's, not, let's not start making presidential slogans like pop songs. <laughs> yeah, let's not do that, because that sounds like a fucking abysmal idea. No one wants to hear I'm With Her by Pharrell Williams with a film clip starring Sarah Jessica Parker, or, you know, vice presidential candidate Tim Kaine being brought onto stage with, I don't know, the Allman Brothers featuring a Kenny G sax solo in the key of White Dad in a Cardigan. <laughs> Uh, but then Trump also uh, said, since the signing of the Declaration of Independence 241 years ago, America always affirmed that liberty comes from our creator. Our rights are given to us by God, and no earthly force can ever take those rights away. Which is big news, because first of all, it seems to suggest that Trump acknowledges that he and God 
are two different people, <laughs> which is a huge breakthrough. Although the only concern I have then is what Trump will do if he was to find out that God might be a Democrat. Because <laughs> once he found out that, I suspect he'd just be tweeting, God used to be so good, but I don't watch anymore. Such low ratings, worldwide, sad. <laughs> to be honest, he wouldn't be wrong. <laughs> there would be a hashtag in there. There would be like... Yeah. <laughs> fake God. Yeah, fake God, yeah. That's all. God yeah. is fake news. <laughs> Uh, but lastly, there was the news that Trump is already campaigning for his own re-election bid. There was a secret dinner at where else? Trump International Hotel, where guests were charged $35,000 US ahead to hear Trump speak? Does he speak? What would you say? To hear Trump verbally accost the concept of the English language? Anyway, that's what Trump was doing. Anyway, uh, he started campaigning for re-election despite the fact he hasn't even served a full year as president yet. And that is too soon to start campaigning for re-election. And I'm reminded of that famous quote from Mario Cuomo, the former Democratic governor of New York who ran for president, famously said, you campaign in poetry, you govern in prose. Except that Trump campaigned in thematically inconsistent tweet haikus and is now not governing at all because he barely managed to get a budget passed. His travel ban is being considered by the courts who have noted that given it was only ever meant to last 100 days, by the time they come down with a ruling, it might be already redundant. Uh, he can't get the wall built. His healthcare reform bill appears dead on arrival and is about as popular as a basking shark at a plankton picnic. <laughs> oh, nice alliteration. Yeah, I well like that. Done. I was happy with plankton picnic. <laughs> You heard the latest, though. He's going to turn that wall into a solar wall. Because it's going to be so big. He's going to cover it in solar panels. Right. He's so smart. He has all these ideas. <laughs> I thought he was bringing back coal jobs, though. <laughs> yeah, I know. I know. He's like, I had this idea. Great idea. Build the solar panels out of coal. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Does he even know what he's doing anymore? Oh, if he's anything, he's consistently inconsistent. Mm. Yeah, and campaigning already for re-election. Why not? I mean, what is his thought process? <laughs> uh, it's, the question, it's the question asked all around the world. <laughs> That's like saying, if a tree falls in the forest, does it make a sound? No one knows the answer to that. <laughs> you have a story for us, do you not, Dr. Pam? Well, I do have a story. And it's basically based on a... It's basically based on other forms of alliteration. <laughs> about losing my job. So uh, a few months ago, I was actually in the news. Uh, my job was taken away from me uh, from the Australian government because I was deemed inappropriate for the job because I'm not an Australian citizen. Uh, at first, I was angry, but uh, it actually really freed up my time to work on my macrame. And um, <laughs> I've, made, I've brought in some vests for you guys that I think you're really going to like. Okay. Um, <laughs> they feature a lot of beads. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but the way I stand on this is uh, denying a person a job based on citizenship and not on their actual ability to do that job is nationalism. Uh, now, we've had a couple of forays into nationalism over the last couple of decades, but for me, at this point in our cultural and our technological development, nationalism is pathetically untrendy. Uh, it's like back with snap bracelets and, I don't know, outcast? Uh, <laughs> you take that back. <laughs> Quemini is still a masterpiece. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, okay. It's, it's, uh, it's very untrendy to be nationalistic. And if you ask me, it's actually a direct contradiction to the biggest political issue of our times. Of course, I'm talking about food. I'm tired of separatist politics. Even though I love this country, bloody right, I am not an Australian citizen. No, I'm a scientist and a human being. 
And if you're a human being, you belong to a single species inhabiting the surface of a planet. So the way I look at it, we're one nation, guys. Not one nation. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about. But a single nation of homo sapiens interacting in a giant biological system. Human beings live on the planet just like bacteria lives on our body. And we all know there's good bacteria and there's bad bacteria. And I think the gluten intolerant creationists can at least agree with me there. If not, good luck trying to regrow your gut flora with prayers. <laughs> and to them I ask, what kind of bacteria is humanity? Now, you understand the consequences of one species getting out of control in your colon, i.e. sitting alone at church, dare I say, putting the P-U in the pew. <laughs> Good work. Good work. I didn't work. want to say that. Uh, what happens when one species gets out of control on the planet? What happens when a species torpedoes the colon of the Earth? <laughs> Killing everything and leaving unusable waste behind. Let me tell you the answer, and it's a lot worse than sitting alone at church. I want to talk about the two basic rules for ecology, guys. Number one, no assholes. Number two, no waste. Now, no assholes. In nature, there aren't any assholes. I know that this is a difficult concept for some, like current presidents of the United States, but in every ecological system, there is no such thing as a single species that spreads itself like a phage across the entire livable surface, killing everything indiscriminately in its path. That just doesn't happen. The other example, no waste. Not no shit, no waste. Uh, excrement is actually very valuable part of the ecosystem. It becomes like food and nutrients for every other part. So, I mean, you know, well... And it's pretty hot. <laughs> not anyone... Not yet. We, all, we all think... We'll talk we're about... All, we're all about that, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Cool. We're all adults here. Cleveland yeah. steamers. <laughs> Cleveland yeah. steamers. That's why I got my glass top table. <laughs> yeah. No waste. Not no shit. No waste. Everything in nature gets upcycled or recycled. Even feces gets eaten. Eat shit and don't die, <laughs> ironically, for a lot of animals. It's called coprophagy. Look it up. It's one of my favorite biological processes because of what we were talking about earlier. <laughs> you don't buy a glass coffee table for how it looks, guys. <laughs> you get it for how it feels when you're doing your crazy sex feces. <laughs> your feces. No, no, that's what I call it. So. <laughs> So, look, what's produced by one species is used by another. There is no such thing as garbage. Human waste is the only waste that goes nowhere and benefits no one. And I can see how easy and seductive it is for us to convince ourselves into thinking that we're number one on the planet and everything else comes in a distant second. Yeah, that makes sense. Because actually the second most intelligent species on the planet is the chimpanzee because of its ability to shape and render tools. Let me tell you what their tools are. They're sticks, okay? They have sticks. They're alive in iPhones, eh? Yeah, exactly, exactly. We have iPhones and particle accelerators and Nutribullets, and the guys in second place are sitting in the dirt, poking at the ground with a damn stick. Until the monolith comes along. Yeah, exactly. We're just waiting for that day. So it's very easy to delude ourselves into thinking that we're somehow above natural law, but we're not. And I can't believe I have to say it like this, but we need the environment to live. Okay, it's where all our stuff is, 
And not to mention, it's everything we eat, drink, and breathe. You say that, for like a scientific proposition, we need the environment to live. For the control, have we tried living without the environment, though? <laughs> All these properties of natural law and how we need the environment on one side of the equation. When you have garbage islands that are the size of Texas circulating in every major ocean, that is not how you manage a living system. And the signs of failure are all around us. The habitability of the planet is starting to fail. It is going. Do you guys remember a time when the sun didn't kill people? Okay? Half the Great Barrier Reef is dead. That's not just sad. That's a problem. Our leadership is letting this happen because they either don't know or don't care that choking turtles is bad. Okay? Leadership's, leadership is supposed to lead us into a better future. I'm so naive about how politics was supposed to work as a child. You know, I, I thought that politicians were the best and brightest, not the dull and revanched. The earth is a shared resource. I say let's get drastic and just acknowledge that we're all global citizens and we only have one job, and that's to maintain the planet as an eco-resort type paradise. So I'm not upset about losing my job. I'm more upset about asking, where is the science and logic in our politics? Where is our enlightened leadership? Where is our council of elders? With good science, we can build a futuristic Eden. I'm talking high-end glamour camping, an edible paradise of fancy farming cities. Think of fancy, like think you're the nicest hippie commune you've ever seen, but with high-speed internet and 3D printing. We have the knowledge and technical ability to transform the world into a sustainable futuristic Eden. The real question is, do we have the political will to take us there? Oh, and let's not forget a zany 10 or 20 transition years where it seems like we don't get anything right, but we pull through in the end. <laughs> I'm glad you included that. Uh... <clears throat> because it's, it's going to be crazy. But don't act like you don't want shit to get crazy. <laughs> Other things to just continue on as it is, like we're all wage slaves, or we could all just be happy farmers. <laughs> Okay. I'm just imagining the edible paradise is Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. That's where you can eat anything. That's what I want. Is that where you're taking me? That's exactly where I'm taking you, Pat. If Great. you want to come there with me. Yeah. You want to go there with me? You want to go there into the future with me. Let's yeah. do it. Hold my hand and walk into our chocolate future together. <laughs> is that like your Not statement on racial equality? <laughs> it has nothing to do with that coffee table I was talking about. <laughs> This is the way the world ends. Not with a bang. The Australian Liberal Party has been racked by internecine warfare, which kicked off after a leaked recording of a speech Christopher Pine gave to a bunch of assholes who are more moderate than the other assholes in the rest of his party. Basically, Pine argued that the moderates were in the winner's circle and that they would get gay marriage passed sooner than everyone thinks. And let's start and be clear. When I saw a story containing the words Christopher Pine, secret recording, and gay, I was expecting a lot more than this, okay? <laughs> At the very least, I've been let down. So anyway, since then, Tony Abbott has basically been freelancing about pretty much everything. First, he vowed to outlast Mr. Turnbull, telling colleagues uh, that uh, when things go badly under Malcolm, he would still be around. That's nice. <laughs> He's still going to be around. You know, he's sort of like staying on as a warning to others, like some kind of carbonized fossil. You know, years from now, there'll be a museum of failed conservatives and he'll be there as a warning. Um, 
And Tony Abbott also gave a speech on nuclear-powered submarines, which involved him criticising the Japanese submarine bill, despite the fact that he told Shinzo Abe when he was Prime Minister that he would purchase Japanese subs. And there were a bunch of things he said in this speech, but the most interesting was that he said, quote, not more robustly challenging the nuclear no-go mindset is probably the biggest regret I have from my time as PM. The biggest regret. The biggest regret he has involves the hugely controversial decision, the one that obviously gripped the nation for weeks, if not months, of all, all your prime ministership that everyone knows involves not buying nuclear submarines. That's your takeaway from your prime ministership. If only I bought nuclear subs, the people would love me again. Your biggest regret is about nuclear subs. You knighted a prince. <laughs> you ate an onion. You ate two. One as prime minister and one as opposition leader. By the time you were prime minister, you were like, yeah, I've done it once. Here's a party trick. I'll do it again. What is your problem? <laughs> Uh, but we know about the we know about the meeting with uh, Christopher Pine and the other Liberals due to a tape that was leaked to Andrew Bolt, conservative columnist for Melbourne's Herald Sun, uh, and I actually have the transcript right here. It was a cool winter night in Sydney, but not for senior members of the Liberal Party left faction, who were safe and warm, both physically and politically, in the Sydney Casino's Cherry Bar, or so they thought. It was a night of relaxation for the men, who were sharing a few drinks and some light ribaldry after a tiring few hours of work at the Federal Liberal Council gala slash dinner. I'm so glad that Malcolm Turnbull is the Prime Minister now and forever, said Attorney General George Brandis, who said last year that, quote, anybody who thinks marriage equality is inevitable is a fool, but was actually a secret leftist. Now we can finally destroy modern conservatism once and for all. Christopher Pine, the very important man whose job title was Minister for Defence Industry, simply smiled and took a sip of his light beer, maintaining furtive eye contact all the while. You don't even need to say it, said Trent Zimmerman, who is apparently a Liberal Party backbencher and who was also apparently there. I, too, am secretly very pleased about how we've completely transformed this party into a socialism in just under two years. Christopher Pine, Defence Industry Minister, winked in response. So it wasn't on the secret recording that was being made, but he definitely did it. Anyway, I'm so glad you've all come tonight, said Christopher Pine. Except he said come, spelt with a U, like the sex thing. Like the sex thing. Like the sex thing, the gay sex thing. Did he dispel cum with a U like the sex thing, the gay sex thing? Thought Trent Zimmerman, who was apparently there. He took a sip of his crown lager, a stiff drink to wipe away his corrupted thoughts. A stiff drink of man juice. No, it was all his imagination. It's not all in your imagination, declared Christopher Pine. <laughs> declared Christopher Pine. Then and there, he fished out his angry, swollen tumescence, and it stood proud in the fluorescent lights of the casino. Yes, the venue wasn't the only thing that was a cherry bar. I'm also into this, said George Brandis and whoever else was there in unison. Clothes fell to the floor, and a flurry of kisses met folding pink and grey flesh as lubricant and sweat coalesced around the frantic phalluses into a salty, sensual sauce that all the men writhed in, like that pit of starving pigs in that old Hannibal Lecter movie. Not so fast, said a commanding voice from across the room. It was Malcolm Turnbull, the secret communist prime minister. The air was silent and still, but for a small squeak from Trent Zimmerman, who was apparently there. 
I'm going to do a bunch of naughty gay sex stuff with all you now, he bellowed. Wow, you're so good at dirty talk, said Christopher Pine, in between mouthfuls of penis. <laughs> That's why I used to be the Minister for Communication, said Turnbull. It was so hot, and Christopher couldn't take it anymore. As ecstasy surged through his entire body, Minister for Defence Industry Christopher Pine screamed into the night, Friends, we are in the winner's circle, but we have to deliver a couple of things, and one of those things we've got to deliver before too long is marriage equality in this country! The end. <laughs> I reckon Pine would be into fisting, don't you? We're the beginning. <laughs> I think the key to the moderates being in the winner's circle is who is in the middle of that circle? <laughs> and what is what are the people in the circle doing to that person? I'm going to say Trent Zimmerman. <laughs> Oh. <laughs> I'm going to say that did things for me. And that was another episode of Not With A Bang. <laughs> uh, <laughs> gives, a new, gives a new meaning to Not With A Bang But A Whimper. It's more like <laughs> Not With A Bang But A... Uh, you can follow us on at NWABpod, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. That's the same one on all of those. You can and you should rate us on the iTunes store slash Apple Podcasts. You should give us up to five stars. Thank you for joining us, Dr. Pam Rana. My pleasure. And thank you for joining me, Pat McCaffrey, even though you're here all the time. <laughs> Is that his my name? name right that time. <laughs> I knew it. I was just playing with your emotions. Oh, well, it worked. I thought, his, I thought his name was Pete Marzipan. <laughs> we'll see you next time on another note with the bang.